Hello. Hey, 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 it's Laura. And this is Ardeen, and welcome to What Happens After Dark. The darkness surrounds you and envelops you and squeezes you like a can. (laughs) (laughs) Squish. Squirt. 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 Oh, there's squirts that happen at the nighttime. Yeah. Farts. Farts. Squirts. Lots of gas. Yeah. One, a couple nights ago, Lily was laying at my backside, and I farted, I get, I guess, because she startled me, because she, like, stood straight up, and the blankets <laughs> raced up, and, and she was like, <laughs> that, happened, that happened to me when I had a Yorkie rascal. We were taking a nap, I was watching TV, and he was, he's, like, in my legs, you know, yeah. behind your uh, knee, that little, the he, like, crook. crook there, so he would... And I just farted, and he just, he was sleeping and jumped. He's like, like, what was that? That's great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to start. Oh my God, I've my seen the face. funny animal videos too, where they're like, you see, like, they record it, and then the dogs and cats are like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> I'm dying here. Get me out of this blanket. Gas chamber. <laughs> Why? What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> oh, I felt so bad for Lily Bell. Oh, yeah, I didn't announce that. I- so, yeah, I got Millie a little sister. Well, they're the same age. And I got her at the Humane Society. I don't know if I told you guys. No, no I don't think I did. And so she's a calico. She's mostly white. She's got tan and gray. She's beautiful. And she's the most well-tempered cat I've ever met in my life. She was raised around dogs. They actually separated her at the Humane Society because she hates cats. And she oh. was beating them up. And so um, she's she, so cute. I think she thinks she's a dog. But I named her Lily Bell. And um, Millie and her just get along really well. So, yeah. but gosh, She's I felt so beautiful, bad. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> sure, she was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Gunfire. <laughs> cover. Take cover. <laughs> I'm sure, but because she got out of the blanket, it took her a hot minute and I was trying to get her out. And But I'm sure I, when she got out, she was like, air, I need air. <laughs> I felt so bad, but it was so oh, hilarious. <laughs> Either I farted or Millie did, but I'm pretty sure it was me because she was laying right at that back part of my thigh. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's what you get, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my gosh. Speaking of pets, what yes. about that news in Tennessee? Yeah, this family is asking for the public's help to find their unusual runaway pet. It's a kangaroo. Um, nine months old, and his name is Bo. He escaped through a door that was left open, unfortunately. Aww. His picture's cute, though. He's got, like, a little diaper on. Aww. And probably many of you are asking what we did. How can you have a kangaroo without? Yes. But it says Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. They don't require permits for president, for residents to own kangaroos. So I don't know if that includes, like, other exotic animals or just kangaroos but they're asking for the the public's health help gosh i can talk today hopefully it didn't get killed or stolen Mm -hmm. yep they bought him at an exotic pet sale in cookville um 
Yeah, and the animal's mostly been indoors, so it hasn't even, like, spent time outside to know. That's dangerous, though. Yeah. So, I hope they find their pet. I hope so, too. But I know that kangaroos can get Because that baby's got to be scared, too. Oh, yeah. If he's never been outside. Mm-mm. So, I don't know. Let me see. When was this story posted so we could see their date on here anywhere? Uh, oh, April 6th. So, it's... Three days ago. Yeah, hopefully they found it. There's By no, now. Yeah, there's no update or anything on it, so I don't know if they have, but... Oh. Um, yeah. We sure so. hope so. Yeah, I hope so, because I know... cute. To lose a pet, it is hard, whether it's exotic or not well, Whatever exotic. kind of pet, they become yeah. part of your family. Yeah. They so. do. It's like your own kids. Yeah. At least they were to us in our house. Yeah. We love their Yep. Anything new? Go. Oh, tell us about your, you did another drum class. Yes. My drum classes are amazing with Soul Art Studio. So we have two more classes. There's one more class next month and it's going to be with a psychic medium. So we're going to be doing our artwork in the floor with her. So I hope I make it on time. Like there's no delays. So I can, I told her I might be late. But uh, if there's no flight, oh, no, my connecting right. flights aren't delayed, then I'll be there. Because I would hate to miss that class. Because it's like the day you get back, back right? Yeah, yeah, I get back Saturday at 4.30 and my class starts at 5. Oh, gosh. So from there, back. I have to, the Book airport, it. shoot over to her house. And so I might be a couple minutes late, but I don't want to miss it because it's going to be an awesome, ep- uh, not episode, uh, an awesome class. So, oh gosh, I'm so excited. Yes. And then the last class is just um, the final details of it. And then we have a potluck. And next week, I start the Soul Sisters Circle. And that's freaking exciting. Oh, that does sound good. I'm excited. Oh, and maybe I, can't I can wait. join. And that. that's for once a month for a year. Oh, wow. Then we do a Zoom meeting once a month also. And then we do two weekend retreats. So the first one is in October. And then the last one is April next year. Uh, it's a three-week, three-day. So we leave Friday. We come back Sunday. Wow. And we go to this. It's like an Airbnb house. It's a house we go to and do amazing rituals and fun stuff oh how like cool. it's fun fun oh that is so cool mm-hmm. i can't wait i'm very excited that it's i mean we've been all waiting because some of us that are doing the drum cat class are doing the the mystic soul sister class so we're like counting the days yeah to start because it, it she tells us so many things we're gonna do and uh all the materials and things that i have to get you know ready for it I'm super excited. So hopefully you can do the wisdom that starts in July. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. That okay. will be really good. I'm really excited. I'll let oh, her know cool. next week that you are interested and see how I can connect you. Um, it's in my Facebook, so I'll see if I can help you find it. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, That'll gosh, you awesome. have some fun stuff coming up. I know. You're Even a busy if lady. I we move to Idaho, I'm still gonna make my commitment to come to my classes. It's just one yeah. day so i'll just yeah yeah for sure get off work and head 
yeah. head over or if we're doing the wisdom circle together, we'll we'll drive together. I mean, yeah. We'll make it a day out of it. So nice. It'll be awesome. Exciting. Gosh. Yes. Thank you, Lori. Her name is Lori. She is wonderful. She is so lovely. So sweet. I mean, you meet her, you're gonna love her. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. Yes, I wanna do that. Yes. I'm just excited to get more into a community and stuff of like that kind and of the like-minded. other ladies that are on there are just so wonderful like it's a, a wonderful group of women. women nice i love like empowering things like that yes, for women it is we need that stuff in our it's lives and in our communities therapeutic yeah how about if guys did want to come is it open to men or no no so it's no. just a women so only when thing. When it's the circle classes and things like that, it's just women. women. But if it's like a sound bath, obviously, if men want to come, I'm sure they could. Yeah. But these are specifically for women. It's like women's circles. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And she just started doing them this year. Mm. Uh, like the one that's for a whole year. Yeah. We're the first ones. And then the wisdom, she's done it before, but. How did she like find people to come to our class? I'm interested in that because she, you know I'm always Facebook. wanting to do. Oh wow! On Facebook, she's on my Facebook. If you go on my on um, my page, you'll find her. She's wonderful, and just tell her you're interested, and I'll let her know that you want to, and see how we can uh, link you. And because I want to do like guys, I teach Reiki. I'm yes. gonna. Ardine is gonna become a master Reiki next week. Next week, my level three, my yeah. masters. Yay. Yeah, she's going to need that I in Africa. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I, w- I want to get more people to, and not because I want the money, which that will be nice. It's an energy exchange, but because we all need to be better equipped. Like yes. if you have healing modalities, um, where whether it's seraphim blueprint or shamanism or Reiki, yeah. or you combine them. You don't, the power that you hold to help heal people mm-hmm. is just, you can't even put a dollar amount on it. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so rewarding. It's just, I don't know. I, I love it. I feel so good and calm and calm. And yeah. Just doing the Reiki in my house, um, yeah. it was nice for a couple of days. Yep. And you can, I mean, I give Reiki to animals that you can, you you can give it to your food. I mean, there's just so many opportunities. And I noticed a change in my life when I started um, doing the Reiki, um, the five Reiki principles each morning, they're right above my work desk. And, and I repeat each one three times, go through the list three times. And that has really like uplifted me in my job and really helped. So deal with mm -hmm. crazy people sometimes. Yeah. So, well, speaking of crazy people, are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Get okay. ready for this one. So, guys, we're going to be doing today, um, his name is Robert Frada, and you may have heard of his story. It was during the 90s, total, like, gym boy USA. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to play a clip first from YouTube, him speaking. The reason why this really caught my attention is because he references Mormonism here. And of course, you guys all know that's How the Jesus cult I talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> that's the cult I left. Okay. <laughs> so let's see what Mr. Frada has to say here. To me about contacting the Mormon church, and he gave me information about them. I followed the instructions of the dream. I contacted the Mormon church. They sent me their Book of Mormon, and 
everything that I read matched the information that was given to me in the dream. Having been in the emergency uh, field, uh, firefighting and police, uh, you learn to control your emotions and uh, not uh, let emergency situations get you startled. So yeah, I, I learned that. But as far as uh, not being afraid to die, I think that's more of my relationship with God. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I don't mind dying at all. So he got a revelation through his dream. Yeah, he got whatever. A yeah, he said he had this big revolution revelation, um, which directed him to the Mormon Church, and you know, and it goes from there. Um, so He's full of crap. <laughs> I will be honest with you guys. I, you know, you, you've heard our other episodes. All these serial guys, they are big time narcissistic. Yes, control freaks. Control. Mm -hmm. This guy. Even though his murders are not as his one murder that has happened, he is not as like gruesome in what he does. Like you know, the others were yeah. about torture and all these mm -hmm. things. Um, he is the most narcissistic, arrogant, arrogant man I have ever read about in my life. Wow. And if you go onto YouTube, there's other videos on there. The one where he gets done just getting questioned for the murder, the first thing he does is look in the camera, make sure his hair is. Oh. Comb nicely, you know, that he's still presentable. Vanity. Just, ooh, it makes me want to barf. So, so work. I want to talk about his wife first. So her name, yes. um, Farah Frada. Um, it was Farah Bakur Frada. She was born to Lex and Betty Bakur on August 5th, 1961. Farah was born in Guilford, Surrey, England, in the St. Luke's Hospital. Her parents would describe Farah as their little, full-of-life baby. Um, growing up, Farah was a popular girl. She had many friends. Um, when she started kindergarten, kindergarten as well, um, socially and adapted well. Um, everybody just loved her. So Farah would go on to attend Newman High School, nestled in Croydon, South London. Farah would graduate from Newman High School in 1978 after high school she would go on to college. After uh, Farah would finish college, she decided she wanted a career in airline ticketing. Um, she would work along with a travel agency in Croydon for about a year. Um, she was beloved by her employer and her fellow co-workers. Um, and at the time, she would have a boyfriend who was newly engaged to. Farah had many close friends, but mm. two of her close friends were closer than the rest. One of her friends would end up being her brother's girlfriend. All three of these friends have always remained loyal to one another. They were just very tight. Um, then in 1981, Farah's parents would move to Houston, Texas. Even though Farah was already engaged to a man in Croydon, she decided to follow her parents to the United States of America. Farah and her father, Lex, had a very strong bond with one another. Um, within a week of mo Farah moving with her parents to Houston, Texas, Farah could be found applying to a few airlines in the city. And then just one week later, she was hired on um, by America Airlines um, as a ticketing agent. Um, she did not only have a, a charismatic personality, but she also had a very charming yet dynamic personality as well. Farah would ultimately get along with all her coworkers and even supervisors in any job she would hold. Um, her job at the American Airlines um, and her being so well-loved, this is when she met Robert Frada. 
Um, Robert would end up charming Farah, who at the time was a simple English gal who ended up falling in love with Robert's looks and charms. And then despite of all the other girls at her job telling her, hey, be careful when it comes to Robert Frada. They knew, like he's been working the circuit. Um, they knew. Farah would soon break off her engagement to her fiancé back in England. Robert ultimately would end up exploiting Farah along with taking advantage of her values and morals in life. The couple would then get married soon after. Then just three short years later, Robert and Farah would have three young children together. Farah loved her husband deeply and was willing to do just about anything to keep her and her family together under one roof. Farah always kept constant contact with her family and friends, no matter where they lived. Every holiday, every birthday, Farah would never forget to send a card and wish her family and friends a happy birthday or a happy holiday. She was a good woman. She was amazing. She was amazing. Um, And when Farah was murdered, there were so many relatives and friends who attended her funeral. Um, To this day, Farah Bakur Frada is still deeply missed and remembered by those um, who she impacted their lives so deeply. Um, Just to get, and I think it comes up more, but just to give some background on that too. So this man was a sexual deviant. And um, he got, he started to get really pissed off with her because he would not, she would not comply to things that he wanted. One of the things that was reported after he had left her or he was cheating on her, whatever, um, is that he loved to lay under a glass table and he would jack off why a woman would defecate onto that table. What? Yes. He loved that. He loved it. That was, yeah, he (gasps) would like just. That would just like flip his lid to watch that. Oh I know. Yeah. Like he, there's a lot of, uh, he's just, oh. he was a very bizarre person. Sick. So, <laughs> so, um, oh. yeah. So I call him the monster. It, he's just awful. And so Robert Allen Frada was a convicted killer. He was born on February 22nd, 1957. Um, and the man that wrote this article, it's in Murderpedia, but it is someone who wrote an article. It was put there. It, and there was nothing on Wikipedia about Robert Frada. So I had a little bit of a hard time finding everything. There's not a lot about his parents or his young life mm, well, or anything. Well, so recent. Yeah. I mean, for protection, you can't. Yeah. yeah. You can't. And I, and, oh, I forgot to give our disclaimer. Sorry. So um, why, we don't, we don't condone murder. Um, you know, violence, anything like that. We just are reporting the facts to you guys. So I'm sorry about that. Um, So this guy, he's just a piece of work, guys. And it was so disturbing on so many levels. So the guy that wrote this article, he says, let me state that the outset that I believe Robert Frada contracted to have his wife, Farah, murdered in Harris County, Texas in 1995. Like he's saying straight out, I know that this guy had this done. Um, the following facts about this high profile case were drawn from a July 22nd, 2008 decision by the fifth circuit court of appeals, reversing Frada's capital murder conviction and death sentence. Frada is undergoing a second capital murder trial in Harris County of this posting. So there were a lot of things going on, um, once they actually got him. So in 1983, Frada worked as a public safety officer in Missouri city Texas. Um, Public safety safety officers 
um, in Missouri City were cross-trained. So they were police officers and firefighters. Oh. Um, so they were cross-trained in that. Um, they save lives for a living. How mm-hmm. can you kill? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And someone so wonderful, your wife. Yeah. The mother of your kids. I think he was so vain that maybe she like outshone him, shined him, mm-hmm. shown yeah. him. And so that was like upsetting to mm-hmm. him and that she would not comply with his sexual deviance. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. So Frada married Farah um, that year and the couple had three children. The marriage soon soured as Farah learned of Frada's bizarre and perverse sexual demands, which according to A&E's popular American Justice Program included feces consumption for sexual gratification. So not even watching it, he would eat it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Frada's oh. sexual perversions were documented, documented at his first trial by a psychologist, friends of Farah and friends of Frada. Oh. By March 1992, Farah could no longer endure the physical, emotional, and sexual abuse Frada was inflicting on her. She filed for divorce. A divorce trial was set for November 1994. Um, the couple did um, undergo psychological evaluations to determine um, the parent, like most serve, you mm-hmm. know, who, who would keep the kids. Um, and then once the divorce proceedings were underway, underway, Frada made it clear to a number of people that he wanted to see Farah dead. Um, the gym where he worked. Um, out seemed to be the place he liked most discuss his desire to either kill or have Farah killed. Um, I want to say to this, because I watched another video, and it was these three gentlemen that were speaking that used to, like, work out with him. And they came out and said he was just, he wasn't even quiet about it. He was like, will you kill my wife? Or do you know someone that would do it? Would you kill my wife? Or do you know someone who would do it? Not only was he asking at the gym, but he was also asking at the police department where he worked. But they what? all thought he was kidding. He was asking the firefighters and the policemen. But they all thought he was just joking around. Oh, my God. The arrogance to, to mm-hmm. feel like I'm untouchable. I'll just outright. Yep. Outright. It didn't even matter. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> um. Let's see. So, let's see. Made a number. Oh, yeah. So the gym where he worked out seemed to be the place he liked to most discuss his desire to either kill or have Farah killed. One of the cops workout acquaintances testified at the first trial that Frada made comments about putting some nine millimeter slugs into Farah um, and then following. And that was after a fight that they had had. So they're just the people he's trying to elicit to this, you know, hey, come join me. Come do this for me. You know, it's after an argument and they're like, oh, yeah, you're just blowing off steam. Yeah. You know, Um, he also liked to talk about killing Farah with his police buddies. One fellow Missouri police officer also testified about threatening comments Frada had made to him about Farah. According to the officer, Frada said he would kill her and he would be out in five years and get his kids back. But he wouldn't pay her child support. So I'm sorry. I think if I was a police officer and a coworker said to me, you've reported. Yeah. Why not? Or if you're one of the gym buddies, I'm sorry. I have red flags flying yes. everywhere. 
why didn't these people speak up? She could have been saved. Yes. The kids lost their mama. That's insane. The officer that he talked to should have said something. That was a public duty for him to do that. Yes. That was a huge red flag. The others could say, oh, he's just joking around. He's just a cuckoo man. But not an officer. Yeah. They're trained to see these things. Exactly. But see, he was such a like good manipulator. And it's again, falls back to those people that put on these masks to personify. This is my public Mm -hmm. mask where at home they're just monsters. Monsters. Exactly. Like my Mm -hmm. ex. He portrayed this image that he was just this fun, popular guy. Yeah. But till he walked into the door, he was a total different person. Exactly. Just like mine too. Yeah. So Frada was an arrogant man. Like I told you guys, I've never, ever heard of any man that is so arrogant as this guy. Um, He believed the universe revolved around him. The power of good looks, muscular physique, and the authority of being a cop consumed any normal remnants of modesty. He was also a bitter, angry man. The one woman with whom he had shared all his intimate secrets and sexual perversions had come to detest him. He no longer had any power over her. He told another uh, fellow police officer that I just ought, I j- I'll kill her and I'll do my time. And when I get out, I'll have my kids. So just like that, that vain vanity mm-hmm. again, that comes in and that he's untouchable that, yeah. you know, whatever, if I go to jail, it won't be for that long. And it sounds to me too, like he was obsessed with her because the, the part where he says uh, he no longer had any power over her. Yes. Like he couldn't control her anymore. Yeah. He could not, you know, she was out of his control now. So it's just sad. Um, Frada had told another or had another gym buddy named jo- uh, James Pato- Podhorsky, who sometimes joined Frada on excursions into Houston's topless clubs. Podhorsky testified at trial that Frada would carry a gun with him on these journeys into the city's nightlife, something that didn't sit well with Prada Brodhorsky. He said Frada told him that he, Frada, carried the gun in case he ran into Farah, at which time he would shoot her and make it look like a carjacking. So, and let me just tell you, this guy, he maintained his innocence up till the end. And how can you say that I didn't do it? With all this. With all this. Exactly. And it gets even more twisted. It's just like, he's so delusional. Well, and like you guys heard in the video at the beginning, he thought he had a vision from Jesus that that told him to to contact the Mormon church. And it's just bizarro. It's just so bizarre. And he's saved and he's trying to manipulate him to say, you know, I'm a good guy. Yeah. You don't have to kill me. He was delusional. He was deranged. Yes. My God. Yeah. So it's amazing that Frada could tell fellow cops and gym buddies that he wanted to kill his wife dead and no one reported the threats to the police. But it gets even better than that. Frada asked several other people if they knew anyone, particularly a black person, who would be willing to kill Farah because he knew that if he could get a black person, there would be no question then because... He knows that there is so much racism of people that are not white that, you know, that person would be damned. He's black. He, of course, he killed my wife. Yes. You know, so 
which I just want you guys to know I am not racist oh, at no, all. I've said that before. All. And these comments take me back to the days where my dad and it's bullshit. There's just, it's, it's awful. It's so unacceptable. Um, so let's see. Let's see. So two, two of the people he asked were women. Um, one he met at a diner and the other he met through an online dating service. He even asked yet a third gym buddy if he knew anyone who would knock Farah off. Yet on another occasion, he and an other, another fellow were discussing problems they were both having with their wives. Um, Frada suggested that the fellow officer kill Farah and he would kill the other officer's wife. So you kill my wife, I'll kill yours. Mm-hmm. Tip for tap. Oh, and he's, uh, and he's innocent. And he keeps saying he's oh, innocent. Oh, my God. Um, most of these people would later say they did not report Frada's threats because they had not taken them seriously. And I say shame on you for that. Um, yes, because it wasn't just one time. This was obsessively over, over, over. done. Mm-hmm. They thought he was joking or blowing off steam. Anytime a man no. starts talking about killing his wife, either to her directly or to other people, he will eventually carry out the threats, which yes. is true because you manifest what you're saying. You manifest mm-hmm. what you want. And so open your eyes, people. That's all I got to say. Just um, don't take <laughs> it so lightly. Like you would think officers of the law would know they're trained to see these things. Exactly. That's the thing. Just because he was a fellow officer. It's the brotherhood code. Yes. I heard my, uh, yes, one of my grandfather's. Cover up. Yeah. Friends Makes talk about it. Sick. Um, so I, he says, I've known a significant number of wife killers. They're all the same cowards. They have to pump themselves up into a killing fever before they can carry out the act. It's one thing to kill a person in a fit of anger or rage, perhaps unintentionally, but it's quite another to carry out the act personally. Frada apparently never could crank up his nerve um, to do the ugly deed himself, so he had to find someone else to do his dirty work. Um, Frada became so desperate to find a contract killer that he pressed Prodhorsky, who was having financial problems, to do the killing. He tried to convince Prodhorsky Prodhorsky, with the warped theory that he had let so many people know he wanted Farrah dead that when she finally was killed, the police would not know how to conduct their investigation because there would be too many leads. So he, in his mind, he's telling all these people so he can create confusion. And remember, this guy's a police officer. He knows how to work the system. Of course. He knows how to answer their questions. Uh He knows how to present himself. Yes. And so in his mind, he's like, this is the perfect crime. They're never going to be able to pin it on me. Even though he's out there saying, hey, can you kill my wife? You know someone? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, You know, it's like. Putting ads on the paper. Yeah, I know. Want ads? (laughs) Want contract killer. Black contract killer. (laughs) Yeah, it's terrible. Um, On November 9th, 1994. Frada finally got the chance to put that warped theory into practice. He ate dinner with Farah and their three children at Wyatt's cafeteria. He then drove the three children to Catholic Church in Humble, Texas. He left two of them at the church's nursery and took the oldest child to catechism class. He then joined a church meeting set up for parents whose children were preparing for their first communion. He was laying the groundwork for his alibi. 
even though he was not his normal cocky self and was drawing the attention of others at the church. One witness said he appeared tense when he dropped the children off at the nursery. Other witnesses said he kept leaving the parents' meeting so he could make and answer phone calls to, at, in the parish office. Um, oh, my God. Yep. So Farrah was this beautiful young woman that we discussed. Um, while she was afraid of her husband, there is no indication that she suspected he would either kill her or have someone else do it. You know, she was afraid of him, but, you know, no way would he. He's a police he's officer. A police he's officer. not going to do that. Yeah. Um, the last night of her life, she left a beauty salon at around 745 p.m. after getting a haircut. She went straight home and pulled into the driveway close to 8 p.m. It was at this point that neighbors from across the street who were watching television in their living room and from which they had a view of Farrah's house heard a shot. One of the neighbors heard a scream, rushed to the window, and saw Farrah fall to the ground next to her vehicle. A few moments later, the neighbor heard a second shot. Several minutes later, she saw either a black man or someone dressed in black standing beside Farrah's house. Another witness reported seeing a similar type person. A few minutes later, a car drove up in front of Farrah's house. The killer got into the vehicle and the vehicle sped away. Um, neighbors called 911 and Farrah was rushed to Herman Memorial Hospital where she was pronounced dead in the emergency room. Yeah. And then it's like he just, he comes about. This is just awesome. Such an awesome dad. So the police quickly arrived at Farrah's house. One of the first officers there noticed Farrah's purse had not been touched. He knew it wasn't a robbery or a carjacking. Because, you know, if somebody's going to do that, they're going to take your shit. So Frada arrived at the house half an hour um, or so later. He told one officer that he was in a hurry and wanted to expedite the matter. So already he's like, okay, who cares that she said, let's just get this done. Come on, come on, come on. Um, uh, And he did have his children um, with him. This blasé attitude would coincide with what investigators learned from other witnesses about Frada's odd behavior at the church earlier that evening. The police immediately absorbed the information that the husband showed no indication of sadness, surprise, much less even concern. Um, In fact, one detective observed that Frada seemed very confident, very composed, and well in command of the situation. Um, he basically had been living his life for the last several months. Up, you know, this is what was, this is the yeah. outcome of that. So he was just, he had it together. Yeah. Um, the same detective questioned Frada later that night. And since the husband was not telling the truth with Frada's consent, the detective searched Frada's vehicle in which he found more than, um, a $1,000 in cash and a nine millimeter pistol, but he's innocent. He said he's innocent guys, even though he's all this evidence is built up against him. He's innocent. Um, wow. yeah. Um, so Frada was detained in the homicide division at the police station for 14 hours. Um, and th- this is where he gets questioned and the interview when he comes out from that is him smiling just smiling so big and fixing his hair and touching his muscles and just look at me i'm such a beautiful man and how could i kill my beautiful wife yeah ever do yep um let's see so 
He was there for 14 hours. He was questioned by several detectives. And while they all had their suspicions that he was involved in his wife's death, they did not have probable cause to hold him. So they had to let him go. Um, The next day, Frada went to a tanning salon where Prodhorsky worked and told him, if everybody keeps their mouth shut, everything will be all right. But if shit ever hits the fan, just tell them that you went over there to scare her. And the first bullet you shot that went by her head actually grazed her. And then you got scared. And that's when you fired the second shot. Prodhorsky was not stupid. He realized Frada was trying to shift the investigation to him. So he's trying to, he's going to nail this guy. Yeah, he's just nailing this guy to draw the attention off himself. This guy is, again, so arrogant. Um, While the investigation into Farah's murder remained active, it was not until March 1995 that Harris County Sheriff Department investigator Danny Billingsley placed the focus of the investigation on Howard Goodry after he was arrested on March 1st for robbing a local bank. The arresting officers found a 38 caliber pistol in his backpack. A few days after the uh, the Goodrys' arrest, a woman named Mary Gipp told a sheriff's department investigator that Goodry had been involved in Farrah's murder. The detective ran a registration check on the 38 and learned the pistol had been purchased by Frada in 1982. Yeah. So this guy's an idiot because he's carrying around the gun that's going to implicate oh, him. Oh, <laughs> my God. But um, he's innocent. Yep, but he's innocent. Um, Farrah's father also identified the weapon as one of Frada's um, that he had actually given him in 1993 for safekeeping and retrieved it in 1994. So he asked his father-in-law, hey, hold this. And then he went and retrieved it. Um, A ballistic expert also told investigators that one of the bullet fragments recovered in Farrah's garage had been fired by the 38. And while another fragment had been too damaged to link to a specific weapon, it was identified as a remnant of a 38 slug. Wow, what a piece of work. Mm-hmm. It didn't take much of a police effort to get Goodry to confess. He told Billingsley that on the afternoon of November 9th, 1994, he and a man named Joseph Price Dash drove to Ferris' house in Price Dash's vehicle. The duo then went to a nearby grocery store. They made calls to a payphone located at the um Let's see, they made calls to a payphone located at the store to determine if it received calls. Having determined that it would receive calls, Pistache drove Goodry back to Farrah's house and dropped him off. Goodry carried the 38 and a cell phone given to him by Price Dash. He climbed a fence in Farrah's backyard where he waited in the playhouse for her to return home in her kids' playhouse, dirtbag. Um, after a period of time, Goodry became nervous. When Farrah did not return home, he called Prytrash at the payphone. Prytrash instructed the trigger man to stay put. Shortly afterwards, Farrah returned home and pulled into the garage. Goodry exited the playhouse and tried to open a side door to the garage, but the door was locked. So he just stood outside and waited for Farrah to exit the garage. When Farrah opened the door, Goodry stepped inside and shot her in the head. He shot her a second time in the head because she was still moving after the first bullet struck her. Goodry then walked back to the playhouse where he called Price Dash. He told Price Dash the job was done and to come pick him up. He then climbed back over the fence in the backyard and hid behind 
a bush near the garage until Price Stash arrived. Goudry said he had expected to re- receive $1,000 as soon as the killing was done. So that's $1,000 for a woman's life, for that woman's life. He, Stop it. $1,000. That's less than my rent monthly here. <laughs> it's oh awful. Oh, my God. Which, to me, this guy's an idiot. Idiot. If you're going to do something like that, don't you? I mean, I'm not a killer. a million dollars. Yeah, you need to give me some so big I bucks. lost. I mean... I mean, that's not even a big grocery haul anymore right now. So, anyways, Goudry's confession led to Price Stash's arrest. He also confessed. His confession pretty much tracked what Goudry had told the police. Um, Price Stash said the cell phone he gave to Goudry belonged to Mary Gipp. Price Trash confirmed that Goudry was supposed to get $1,000 for carrying out the contract killing, um, while he, Price Trash, was supposed to get a couple thousand um, and a Jeep. Wow. Get a cheat. <laughs> the detectives finally had enough evidence to arrest Frada, who was subsequent, subsequently indicted for capital murder. The state's case against Frada rested on the um, prosectorial theory, theory. Frada had made arrangements through Price Stash to have Farah killed. Price Stash secured the killing services of Goudry. Mary Gipp knew all the players. She was Price Stash's girlfriend, and she knew both Frada and Farah from the gym where she and Price Stash worked out. She lived next door to Goudry and knew about the murder plot, but did nothing about it. Wow. Price Stash and Goudry were tried separately and convicted of a capital murder and sentenced to die, but they did not testify against uh, Frada, but Gipp did. Well, she had known for some time that Frada wanted his wife killed, and she suspected he was recruiting Price Stash to do it. It was not until the weekend before the actual killing that she knew um, Price Stash had agreed to take part in the plot. Um, she told the jury that on the night of the murder, Goudry and Price Stash returned to her apartment where they unloaded two spent shells from the 38, threw them away, and Price Stash told her Farah had been killed. Um, while the Fifth Circuit properly ruled that Frada's confrontation rights had been violated because Billingsley had testified at Frada's trial about portions of Goudry and Price Stash's uh, Price okay. confessions without him having an opportunity to cross-examine the two. Um, so some of that was thrown out. Um, there's a little room to doubt that Frada guilt- was guilty in this case. Um, former Harris County Prosecutor Kelly Siegler refused to cut a deal with Price Stash, uh, Price Stash to have him testify against either or both Frada and Goodry. I hate that there's plea deals. Can I just say that? Like, I hate that. Yeah. Because I don't feel like if you murdered somebody, you should be offered a plea deal. No. To downplay what comes to you. To I think that's bullshit. To someone just for a lesser sentence, no. Mm-hmm. That's a dirty way to play. Mm-hmm. So now both Price Dash and Goudry are sitting on death row and there is no incentive for either to cooperate with the prosecution and testify against Frada at his current trial. One or both of them might eventually do so out of spite if they believe Frada will walk free and leave them holding the bag. Um, cases like Frada's make argument may yeah. Cases like Frada's make argument against the death penalty difficult. 
Um, he is the poster boy for death penalty advocates, a cop who hires a couple of thugs to kill his wife because he does not want to pay her child support. He tortured the women when they lived together. Uh, he tortured the woman when they lived together as husband and wife and decided to kill her when she would no longer be willing to participate in his perversions or a victim of his physical abuse. Um, there are some who even advocate Frada's cause of innocence, but the murder connections are inescapable. Howard Goodry was arrested with the murder weapon on him, a weapon registered to Frada. But you're guilty, asshole. Goodry lived oh next door God. to Mary G And after yeah. all this, he's, I'm innocent. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this guy goes on to say, I know a little about the law. I understand Frada's constitutional right of confrontation was grossly violated by Siegler's ruthless prosecutional tactics. She knew she couldn't use Goodry or um, Price Dash's confessions against Frada without allowing him an opportunity to confront and cross-examine them as guaranteed by the Sixth Amendment. Instead of putting Goodry and Price Trash on the witness stand, Siegler put Billingsley up there to testify about the two confessions. And while Billingsley never mentioned Frada's name, it was so clearly evident that Frada had a right to cross-examine both of them. Siegler could have made a deal with either or both Goodry and Price Dash. She really didn't try. She wanted three capital convictions and three death sentences to put in her death penalty hat. Um, put them in your hat. <laughs> Let's get rid of them. Um, yes, all of them. Yeah. If Robert Allen Frada walks free and some prominent legal experts are predicting he will, this is at the time this article was written, mm -hmm. um, it will be because of Kelly Siegler putting her ruthless professional ambition before the realities of the case. The police did not have enough evidence to even arrest Frada until they stumbled upon Goudry after his arrest for the bank robbery. Clearly, Siegler knew the only real probable connection between Frada and the ruthless murder of his wife was through one or both of the murder participants. She didn't do the deal. Um, the Frada case personifies the corruption of the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Its application is too often influenced by the political ambitions of pro-death penalty prosecutors. The whole time Siegler was pursuing death cases with former Harris County De uh, District Attorney Charles Chuck Rosenthal's blessings. She had an obvious political ambition to one day be in Rosenthal's chair and become the top prosecutor. So it was definitely driven by her desire to be this prestigious person, mm -hmm. a pillar of the community. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy says, personally, I think Robert Allen Frada is despicable yes. as yeah. As I've said, I've known many like him, wife killers, women abusers. There are no different on social ladder than child molesters. But I don't think he deserves to be executed by the state of Texas. Yes, any, he did. Yeah, other than any others. Um, so they, um, so then there's more. Let's see. So Robert Frada was 65 um, when he received a lethal injection at the state penitentiary in Huntsville for the fatal shooting of his estranged wife, Farah. She was shot twice in the head. We already went over that. Um, so he actually did not get executed until January of 2023, the year we're in just a few months ago is when he actually finally was put to death. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. 
And there May was he not rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he even sued. He tried to sue this sue the state um, and the prison system. I mean, this guy's so arrogant. Um, it's just like, wow. and I'm looking to see because I thought I put down like his last words and stuff. So, um. He has a quote here. It says, it's been kind of an enlightening experience as far as I never gave any thought to the death penalty, even though I was a police officer. And now that I'm going through it, I can understand it's so ridiculous, ridiculously tormenting for the inmates to be put through this. I'm sorry, but what about the torment and stuff that the, the victims hell you put your wife through? Yep. Or the victims on the other guy's case, you know, what yep. about them? And he did, he tried to appeal and he just really pled, you know, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And he blamed the system. He's like, it's, there's a system problem. That's why they don't believe me. Typical (laughs) of a narcissist. (laughs) Exactly. And it was. Everyone's fault, but mm -hmm. theirs. Exactly. There's something wrong with the entire universe, (laughs) but me, you know, that's. That's insane right there. And so on January 11th, 2023, Frada was pronounced dead at 7.49 p.m. Amanda Hernandez, director of communications for the Texas Department of Criminal um, Justice, she confirmed that to Newsweek. So he was eventually put to death and um, the world was rid of another monster. Monster. And I first heard of this story. There's a series on, was it on Netflix I told you about? Or was it? Oh, yeah. Hulu? The Lesson is a Murder. Yeah. I think it's Hulu. Yeah. There's this show. And I'm sorry I didn't document it. But this is what introduced me to Robert Frada. And I thought, I want to cover this guy. And I couldn't find a lot, like I said. But just his, his arrogancy, his face says it all. Oh, yes. He's just smiling through the whole thing. And what an like asshole. He's untouchable, literally. Like, nope, I'm going to get away with this. And the asshole to bring his children to where his their mother oh. had just been murdered. I'm sure there was blood and brain Everything. fragment oh. everywhere. And yet what he brought his children. Bastard. So for him to say, oh, I'll be out in five years so I can spend the rest of my life with my kids. Do you really care about your kids? Because you just brought them to where to their where mom, was, mom shot. was shot. So I'm so sorry, Frada children that had lost their mother um, in this horrific way. And I feel sorry, too, for your loss of your father. Because in reality, you know. Um, he might have loved who them. they knew. Yeah, they had died with the day that he decided to kill their mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and then I want to say shame on you to the police department and to the hey, gym exactly buddies for the covering. Joking? That's not a joke. If you joke and you say that so many times, that's you beyond. gotta take it seriously. That's not a joke anymore. It's like that should just. Raise a red flag right there. like Exactly, exactly. But I want you guys to go watch the YouTube videos on this guy because for me to say he was arrogant, that's just like my opinion. But if you guys watch it, I'm the arrogancy to. that you see, it's like, what the fuck? Oh <laughs> Sorry my for the God. F word there, guys, but what the fuck did oh this guy think God. he was thinking? It's just, I... No. <laughs> That's so good insane. readings, Robert Frada. Hopefully you met your your vision up in heaven and the Book of Mormon meant something to you. <laughs> and, and all your dreams have come true. Yes. 
I forgot to grab a card. So will you read a, gra a gratitude? A gratitude, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll tell you guys where to find us and all that fun stuff. And yeah, guys, while she's pulling that, I just want you to know how grateful I am for you guys. Yes. And for like our that. followers that we have now and the followers that are to come, Ardine and I appreciate you more than you guys even know. We yes. pre-appreciate you because maybe you aren't listening yet, but we're just, we're too... Ladies in our 50s that love our podcast and... <laughs> yeah, we just want to enjoy life. Yes. Yeah, that's it. So I have a gratitude card for today. Enjoy the little things for one day you may look back and realize they were the big things. Gosh, that kind of goes along with this story. Yes. <laughs> that's for interesting. Him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, good riddance. Good riddance, Mr. Yes. Prada. And be grateful, guys. And it that is so true. Like... Be grateful for those small moments because those small moments do turn into the big moments sometimes. Yeah. And they're things you can draw upon, like when you're you going look through a back hard time. And you're like, God, I wish I would have. Yeah. What could have, should have, would have. And yeah. then you missed out. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Enjoy life. Enjoy life to the fullest. Yes. By being happy. Being you're happy loving. and you know it. Clap your hands. Boom, boom. If you're happy being and you know, know it, clap, clap your hands. hands. Boom. <laughs> and that's all I know of that song. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your entertainment for the night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. So where you can find us? You can find us in Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm almost said amazing. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Inbox, Deezer, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, RSS, and TuneIn. Please email us anything your heart desires. Yes. Email us if Except you want to. You had an experience you want to share with us. Mm -hmm. For us to share with the world, please email us. Our email is what happens after dark ll at gmail.com. Just don't email us asking us to kill your spouse. We're not hired. Yeah, we're not, we're we're not, not going to do it. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. We'll probably end up dead first. <laughs> and we will report you. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, you can find us at Facebook as Luna, L U N A, WAD, W H A D. Lee L E E. Instagram is what happens after dark LL. TikTok is as WAD1210, W H A D1210. And if you'd like to donate to our Patreon, just patreon.com uh, and then search what happens after dark, where the yes. big purple square with the ghosts in the middle and a magnifying glass and a gunshot. And find us, donate to us because it will help us improve um, our equipment. It will help us. Um, be able to go to different locations and, and get information for you guys. So please, please donate and we'll send you gifts and we'll do yes. your com. You, you'll get exclusive content. Oh yes. So yeah. We'll treat you like the Queens and Kings that you are. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. So with that said, thank you so much for being with us on this episode. Um, until the next one. Yep. Thank you, good night, and bye! bye.